Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. This is Balloon Party driven by Munganess, St. Louis Acker, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN. Tim McKernan, Jackson Burkett with you for one hour of radio magic. And it is our pleasure to welcome to the program one of our favorites from MLB.com, John Denton. John, good morning. Hey, Tim. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We always love having you on the show. Uh, We welcome our audience for any questions, comments they have for John. Don't hesitate to text into the Air Comfort Service. Text line 314 399-9646. 399-9646. Let me tell you something, John. Last night, because I'm a degenerate, last night I would have bet on the Cardinals all day long, and I actually was about to bet the over, um, but I just forgot to, which also shows my commitment to excellence. And and I'm glad that I did, because sure enough, of course the Pirates wound up winning the game, but Vinny Velasquez, my main reason for wanting to take the over, somehow uh, was on fire last night, and he carried, what, a 9-plus ERA into the game, and and he dealt, and unfortunately that meant the Cardinals wasted what was a very good start from Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, you know, it it was weird because, yeah, Velasquez has been knocked around. You expected the Cardinals to be uh, hot offense coming off of the way they hit the ball in Colorado, and, you know, they hit a couple balls hard. Alec Burleson should have had three hits in his first three at-bats, and he had nothing to show for it because a couple of good plays by the center fielder. Uh, Gorman hit a line drive right to the first baseman. They had hard-hit balls. They're a weird offense, Tim. I mean, they're top five in the league in average and on-base percentage and OPS, but then they, you know, they're at the bottom in, in runners in scoring position. They're only hitting 238 with runners in scoring position. They're hitting 208 with runners in scoring position and two outs. So, you know, they they've scored – like 56 fewer runs than, than Tampa Bay so far. So they're hitting the ball. They're hitting the ball hard. They're just not getting runners in all the time. And it's it's, it's kind of confounding with this team. Yeah, I'd like to think, you know, the way that you have to think through that, if you're talking about how great the numbers are offensively, when you're not with runners in scoring position, that there may be a regression. But then the other way that that works is that inevitably there should be some kind of progression that if that offense is there without runners in scoring position, that inevitably that should improve. But unfortunately, next to the starting pitching that they've gotten in almost all of the games, minus the Flaherty start in Colorado and the three Jordan Montgomery starts, the mm-hmm. offense with runners in scoring position has been the reason why this team is a five and eight team, as opposed to say an eight and five team. Um, yeah. Your your perspective on anything in particular the team is saying or Ali Marmol is saying regard to what has gone on with the, the offense with a what is for the most part a stacked lineup not being able to convert multiple scoring opportunities so far. Yeah, you know, you know, good pitching is kind of like deodorant. It can cover up a lot of stink sometimes, you know. And, and when when your pitching's bad and, and you're down three nothing, you're down five nothing. It changes the whole feel of the game. Sometimes yeah. it breaks the spirit of your offense. And you know, Ali Marmol talked about last night about how 
They came to this season wanting to to you know gain on the edges. They want to steal bases. They want to run on on certain catchers. They want to run on certain pitchers. You can't do that when you're down four nothing. You can't do that when you're down five nothing. You can't be stealing bases. So, you know when you fall in those early holes the way they have with with Jake Woodford, the way they have with Miles Michaelis, it, it changes the whole complexion of the game. And they've got to get better starting pitching. I mean. Uh, John Mozeliak said yesterday, he said, you know, basically they evaluate pitchers after three starts. If if tonight goes poorly for Jake Woodford, I really think we could see Matthew Libertor in St. Louis, you know, maybe by middle of next week. Yeah, Libertor is off to a ridiculous start so far for Memphis. I, I would imagine the Cardinals are keeping an eye on that, uh, independent of what Woodford does tonight. But certainly if it's another rough outing for him, you would think that that could wind up uh, happening sooner rather than later. I want to ask about three of the Cardinals' younger players, and uh, and I would still consider Jordan Hicks younger. He's only 26, even though he's been around for uh, a while, started joining the Cardinals back in 2018. I was surprised to see him out there in a game that was still within reach last night. I know the, the Pirates' bullpen to date is improved year over year, but that was a 2 nothing game. And based on Hicks's struggles to this point in the season, I was I was surprised by that. I know Ali Marmol talked about Hicks and what has to happen there going forward. So I have two questions for you. Uh, what did you think of Hicks being brought in at that point in the game? Obviously, it did not go well. And what do you think Hicks's use will be going forward, John? Well, you know, it, it came down to sheer numbers. They wanted to stay away from Helsley last night. They wanted to stay away from Verhagen. Uh, uh, Giovanni Gallegos pitched well in, in Colorado. So it came down to here's a guy, you know, Hicks had been out for three games sick. He hadn't pitched. And then there were guys that, that weren't available. So, you know, they, they believe in Hicks's talent. It's, it's you know, Ollie keeps saying it's a focus issue. And if you look, the first guy who comes in usually reaches base on Hicks. And we all know that's like, you know, pouring, pouring gasoline on a fire yeah. with a reliever. You know, he comes in and it's a four-pitch walk right off the bat. You know, that has to – that's happened multiple times this season where they they think he's just – it's a focus issue. It's an intention issue where, you know, you've got to be ready to go from that first at bat. And he struggled with his mechanics. He struggled with his health. Uh, They believe in his talent. They think he's going to get it back at some point. But, you know, at at this rate, Hicks is more of a liability right now with the way he's pitching and – like you said, that was a two-run game last night. Maybe you'd go somewhere else with it, but he had been out for three games. He needed to pitch. Uh, you know, they, they they keep giving him chances, but, you know, he's, he's not taking advantage of these opportunities. John Denton, MLB.com, our guest here on 101 ESPN. So let's talk about two of the younger players with uh, a lot of anticipation and excitement. I feel like every time they come to the plate at this point, John, and that's Nolan Gorman and Jordan Walker. Walker just didn't have a good game last night, looked anxious, I think, at the plate, and uh, that's going to happen. But you can't argue with what you've seen uh, early on from Walker, carrying that over from spring into the regular season. Uh, And I know you monitor his situation quite closely. What are your thoughts on what is going on with Jordan Walker and any possibility the Cardinals looking at moving him up in the lineup? You know, last night he admitted after the game, it was the first time all season where he, he wasn't picking the ball up well for some reason. He said, you know, they went from two, ga- two day games to a night game. He couldn't get the, couldn't get the change up out of Velasquez's hands. A lot, of, a lot of pitchers now, instead of throwing him fastballs, they're throwing him all off speed. They're throwing him curveballs. Yeah. They're throwing him ups. They're throwing him out of the zone. And he has gotten a little jumpy lately. You know, he, 
He, to say the truth, he's 20 years old. He's full of all this energy, but he looks like a guy who needs a day off. And, you know, Ali wasn't going to set him down during this uh, this streak uh, that he had going, the 12-game hitting streak. I would not be surprised if he doesn't get the day off today just to kind of recoup and refresh. But, you know, Tim, to tell you what kind of guy he was, uh, as soon as the game ended last night, he was in the he was in the weight room for 30 minutes working out and doing some stuff with his legs, trying to trying to get his legs back up under him. But you know the kid's a he, he's an absolute uh, godsend for this franchise. He's going to play right field for the next 10, 12 years and and be great. Yeah, but that's something I've talked about it with that personality, that charisma. Now you're talking about the work ethic. I think uh, we're looking at what could be a real cornerstone as far as not just a player but also as a personality for the St. Louis Cardinals. Secondarily, Nolan Gorman and what he was able to do in Colorado and what he has done through the majority of the first 13 games this season. Uh, The swing change we talked about when uh, we were both down in Jupiter, Florida. Now we're seeing it work during the regular season. Uh, Is this somebody who, at this point, you think the Cardinals are going to try to find a way to get that bat in there no matter what? Are they still going to be playing more matchup-oriented lineups, as it seems to be the case in particular with the outfield at this moment uh, with Ali Marmol and his lineups? Yeah, they they know they need his bat in the lineup as much as possible. You know, they're a right-handed, heavy-hitting team. Uh, you know, with, with with Goldie and Arenado and Contreras in the middle of their three right-handers, they need his left hand bat in the lineup. And you know, it, it, people are already starting to wonder. Contreras is struggling. At what point do you try to maybe get uh, Gorman at, at, up to the fifth spot? Uh, they, they're not. They don't want to entertain that idea yet. They want to show faith in Contreras. They want to stick by him. Uh, but but you know, Gorman is is incredible. They always knew the power was there. It was just a matter of figuring out that swing. And, you know, I, I think with a lot of times with kids, uh, fans think that the growth is always linear. It's up, 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 up. Well, you know, occasionally there's going to be sidesteps and there's going to be seasons like last year. And a lot of people were ready to give up on Nolan Gorman. And I think we talked about it last week. He hasn't even turned 23 yet. Sir. You know, so he's, he's still such a young kid. He's got so much power. I mean, he's been great his whole life. He's always been great at baseball. He's He's played – I think his senior high school, he was in three home run derbies, and he won all three of them. One of them was at uh, Wrigley Field in, in Chicago. So he's been great, and you know he has greatness written all over him, especially now that he's figured out how to handle that high fastball. Uh, I, speaking of younger players, it's not like Dylan Carlson is is turning thirty this year. He's still only twenty four years old. What a what a road he has been on going back to last year's trade deadline when he was discussed as one of the targeted pieces on the part of the Nationals when the Cardinals were uh, potentially seriously entertaining or maybe it was just casual entertainment of Juan Soto. And now, I mean, Burleson has supplanted him as far as appearances in games and at-bats. I recognize Newt Barr is out, and that's playing an impact in it. But what is what is the status of Dylan Carlson with the Cardinals at this moment, John? You know he's he's become a fringe player, and I'm I'm totally not on board with that. That's one that I agree with. You know, I, I think I think Dylan Carlson is one of their most talented players. Did he hit the ball left-handed last season? No, he, he struggled from that side of the plate. But he spent his whole off-season here. He put on extra weight. He put on extra muscle. He had a great camp. Uh, you know, he struck out a little too much, but he but he hit the ball a lot harder. Hit the ball better. Um, I'm afraid they're they're stunning his growth by pushing him, you know, kind of pushing him aside. I get that Alex Burleson has a good bat. Alex Burleson gets the, you know, the barrel on the ball. 
But I just think, you know, the total package of defense and, and hitting the ball and speed, I think Dylan Carlson's one of their better players. I think he needs to be playing more, uh, you know, even after Lars Newbar comes back. I think Dylan Carlson needs to be in the lineup. I'm a, I'm a big Dylan Carlson supporter, and I just worry that with him getting pushed aside like this, you know, you, you wonder, is it going to stun his growth? And like we talked about, he's, what, 22, 23 years old. So he's the guy still in the formative years of his career, and he needs to be playing to get better. So, okay, then I want to do a little uh, follow-up and deep dive on this situation. What has happened? And by that I mean not just performance, but you go from John Mazalak on his own saying, hey, I walked up to him when we were on the road. I think they were in Washington, mm-hmm. coincidentally, mm-hmm. and let him know that he was not going anywhere because those reports were circling, that he was one of the the pieces. If I'm not mistaken, and it may have been your reporting this offseason, uh, that the Cardinals were making him available to the A's in their conversations regarding Sean Murphy. And then he's not only supplanted in center with, with Tyler O'Neill, but even with Lars Newtbar on the IL, he's not getting much playing time. So what has happened in since the end of July to present day where, like you just described him, he at this moment is a, is a fringe player for the Cardinals? They love him in the lineup when he's batting right-handed yeah. facing lefties, but it's, you know, it's that left-handed bat uh, – Going, going, you know, going against righties uh, that he struggles. Uh, you know, Cardinals. Uh, I know fans don't want to hear it, but they, the Cardinals, dig dive deep into predictive analysis, and they have computer models that show which hitters swing paths match up with which pitchers, uh, which which hitters have the best predictive uh, percentages, and a lot of nights for whatever reason that comes out to be Alec Burleson, and they believe in Burleson's ability to you know get the bat to the ball, but. I just think when you look at the total package, like Dillon is probably their best center, best defender, period, in the outfield. Uh, I, I think I still think he's better than Tyler O'Neill in, in, in the outfield defensively. But, you know, for whatever reason, they like Burleson's ability to get the barrel to the ball now over Carlson. And, you know, you, you just wonder, you know, when a kid's playing this little, does it stun his growth? Because he, he's full of talent. He's a first-round pick. Uh, you know, I, I do think they want to kind of light a fire under him. Dylan's kind of a, a calm, cool California guy. Uh, you know, they're, they're hoping to see a little more fire out of him. He made he made three or four great catches so far. He hurt his neck the other night. Yeah. He probably would have been there the other night. But uh, uh, I just think it's way too early to give up on Dylan Carlson. On the other end of the age spectrum, we have Adam Wainwright. And uh, you have a story talking about how it might wind up working out for Wainwright, his own words, that he wound up going on the injured list. He wanted to make it clear. It's not like he was trying to get injured and miss the start of the season. Um, Expound on that and your perspective on Wainwright and if and when we will see him in the month of April. Yeah, we all, you know, Adam Wainwright is Mr. Positivity. He's going to find a a, a positive in every negative. And he said, you know, it, it may work out the best for him that he's missed this time. He had a round of back spasms right before spring training. That messed up his left leg. Uh, he's still been dealing with a lot of back soreness. Uh, his velocity was way down. And he thinks he's, he's been able to use this time. He's got that velocity back over 90 miles an hour. Uh, today's a big day for Adam. He's going to face hitters for the first time. Uh, Lars Newtbar will be back from Arkansas. He's going to face uh, Wayno. Uh, Wayno City's faced imaginary hitters for the last three weeks, so today he gets to face real hitters. And if today goes well, I think he'll make a, a rehab start either in Memphis or Spring Hill, Springfield or something like that. And then 
you know, if that goes well, he could be back in the rotation as, as early as, uh, you know, maybe the road trip uh, on the West Coast. Uh, Tyler O'Neill said something. Jackson, what did you say Tyler O'Neill said on Monday night at Coors Field? Well, he was talking after the win on Wednesday, but talking about on Monday, he felt the energy in the clubhouse flip. Okay, and that's a game they lost. Uh, John, you're around the club. You see behind the scenes. Uh, I was curious uh, if that had anything to do with what had transpired the week before between Marmol and O'Neal. Um, I certainly thought the comeback on Tuesday night could be one of those games, and it still might prove to be if they go on like a 7 of 8 or 9 of 10, a uh, game where it kind of switches the momentum for the team. Did you sense any uh, mood swing, energy swing uh, coming off of the loss on Monday, which was surprising for me to hear O'Neal say that about the loss on Monday? And then secondarily, um, anything lingering after the Marmol O'Neal conversation last week that played out publicly you know jordan walker actually said last night he said uh, the tuesday pregame hitting session they had a hitting session as they all do before every game and he said nolan arenado spoke up about energy and wilson Contreras was very fiery kind of lit into the other hitters about them underachieving and the, the team not playing up to its potential and it sounds like that that pregame hitting session on tuesday uh, hitters meeting before Tuesday's game got, you know, pretty, pretty emotional, uh, a lot of loud voices and, and that kind of sparked the team. So that was, that was kind of a turning point. Like you said, that, that comeback win, you know, we could look back weeks from now and say, Hey, that's where it kind of changed. Uh, as far as the Tyler O'Neill stuff, you know, Ollie's trying to get Tyler. Tyler's been given a, a great opportunity to play center field. And, you know, that moment was about so much more than just Tyler O'Neill rounding third that night. It's about them wanting him to play with emotion and play with fire and hustle every chance he gets. Like, he's getting a heck of an opportunity to play center field, even though they know right now Dylan Carlson's their better defensive center fielder. They think Tyler can be great in center field. They think he can win a gold glove in center field. So that 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 outburst with Ollie was about so much more than just that night of him around the third base. They, they want to send a message to Tyler. They want to light a fire under Tyler that he's getting a heck of an opportunity and he needs to take advantage of it. John Denton, MLB.com is where you can read him. A uh, regular here on 101 ESPN with us, and we always enjoy the conversation. John, thank you so much as always, and have a great weekend, man. All right, appreciate it, Tim. Thanks for having me. That's John Denton, MLB.com, with us here on Balloon Party 101 ESPN. Uh, Jackson, I just read something here during the previous commercial break uh, that I think is going to stun our audience, and it has to do with the St. Louis Cardinals. I'll tell you what that is on the other side of the break. So good at teasing. No, I'm so excited about myself. I really am. Uh, it's fun to be me. Uh, that's uh, coming up on the other side of the break. This is Balloon Party, driven by Mungan, St. Louis Acura, and Alton Toyota on 101 ESPN.